For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Armani Buckets and Brandon Deutsch. Armani Buckets, how are you doing, my friend? Um, I feel old. The 4th of July took so much out of me, I don't even know where to begin. Everything in my body kind of hurts for some reason. <laughs> I'm starting to feel it. I'm, I'm, all, I'm almost 30, so it, it's starting to get to me. Brandon, do you feel <laughs> old? <laughs> no, I, I didn't end up doing anything last night. Um, just chilled with my family. I didn't even watch fireworks, which is, you know, kind of, I guess, anti-American. But I was I was going to, and it was like 9 p.m. I hadn't eaten yet, and I was like, I'm just going to eat food. I treated it like a normal day, you know, hung out with family, did my usual thing, and it was cool. It was a fun day. I don't know if you saw, guys, uh, Joey Chestnut once again won the uh, Nathan's Famous Hot Dog Eating Contest. As soon as they, they, they said it was canceled, I said, I bet you this is some kind of a, a joke. Yes, it was a torrential downpour. Yes, it was raining and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, listen, the hot dog eating uh, folks definitely like to play up the dramatics. And, you know, the event got canceled. Everyone leave the stage. And then Joey Chestnut dramatically <laughs> walks back and says, we're going to do this thing. And then he comes back on stage and he wins the hot dog eating contest. Um, it's not going to be the same. At some point, speaking of old, uh, Joey Chestnut is turning 40 years old. Uh, at some point, he's not going to do this anymore. And there's such a gap between Joey Chestnut and everybody else. It's, it's not going to be the same. You know, back in the day, Kobayashi was the guy. And where then, is Kobayashi? Yeah, it's a great question. I think someone did a documentary at some point about how he was banned and wasn't allowed <laughs> to compete. There was a lot of drama there. Um, I think he's doing his own sort of hot dog eating contest. What makes you get banned from a from a hot dog eating contest? I think you do have to sign a exclusive deal with the people who put on the hot dog eating contest, the major league like food dating contest. I, I don't, I forget exactly what you have to do or what you have to agree to or, or how that all comes about. But there's a documentary about what happened at Kobayashi. He's still around. He's still, uh, I think he's in New York, but I think that that was always sort of like the dream match of everyone wanted to see Kobayashi versus Joey Chestnut. Although as good as Kobayashi was back in the day, I mean, Joey Chestnut, I mean, he didn't break his record, but I think he had 65 or 67 hot dogs. I mean, his record is 75, which is just nuts. I mean, 75 hot dogs in 10 minutes. But anyway, craziness, yeah. um, madness. Um, speaking of craziness and madness, the NBA Summer League begins uh, on Friday. 
on Friday in Las Vegas. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama will have his debut against Brandon Miller. Again, the Summer League always does a good job of having the top two teams with the top two draft picks go head-to-head. So you do the top two players go head-to-head in that first game. Um, guys, are you looking forward to this? Again, we... we Mentioned that we don't want to read too much into the summer league. You know, if if a player has a good game or if a player has a poor game, again, it's the summer league. That being said, the hype around Victor Wembanyama is massive, and um, I don't know how many games he'll play. He'll, he'll for sure play in the first game. That may be it. But uh, what are you guys looking forward to with that first game? Yeah, um, you know what? Friday is the start of Vegas, but I'm excited for today as well because, you know, you have Chet Holmgren and the Thunder. They're fascinating to me. The Lakers play tonight. Um, That's going to be fascinating. And I'm excited to see Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic again with Miami. Speaking of Victor, though, Friday's probably going to be an absolute spectacle. Um, You know, I'm sure that there's going to be an incredible amount of of presence in the building. I'm sure we're going to have some A-listers come and watch in Vegas, but I I can't wait to see Victor. I feel like he's going to play one game in Summer League, and that probably will be it, but I would love to see him play two or three. Yeah, um, I'm excited. Uh, Obviously, tonight um, we got Brandon Miller playing again, see if he can get a more efficient 18 points because we saw it in college a lot. He's going to keep chucking up the ball and he had a couple of threes down the stretch, but I want to see some more efficiency from him, obviously from hood Shafino, like Jesus Christ, you know, can the guy please like make some more efficient shots? He was missing everything. Um, so I think the big thing for me is I want to see these guys, uh, play well again but don't read into it chat people were like oh he's getting bodied like we knew that already look at his versatility on both ends of the floor he's going to be a good basketball player i have people in my basketball chat grandmoto was saying i think chat's going to be a bust and i'm like dude i'm sorry to call out grant like that but he's always thought that because of his body type and i'm like no way because he's someone that can block shots at a high level he can score he can take the ball up the court at seven one I think at worst he's a Kristaps Porzingis, you know, and I think that's I think that's good enough to you know be an All Star in the NBA, in my opinion. So I'm excited to see how these guys develop again. Uh, Going to enjoy the game, see what happens. By the way, Grant will be on in segment two to defend themselves. So don't worry, we'll uh, bring that up <laughs> in segment two. Uh, Brandon, I, I kind of teased you and said, listen, when you're not in the building, when you're not in the stadium. You're not covering the Angels. Things don't go their way. Things got uh, went from bad to worse. Uh, Mike Trout looks like he's out for at least one month. Could could be two months. Shohei Otani, blister in his fingers. Looks like he will not pitch in the All-Star game. Um, we'll see how long he's out for. Uh, Anthony Rendon, the x-rays are negatives. Leaves uh, San Diego on stretchers. Did not think it looks good. My goodness, what the heck is going on with the Angels? Yeah, uh, you know, there's still time to give me a credential for today. I'll drive drive down there and save the season. They'll win today. No, but I do think they'll win today, although I said that yesterday. I said that the day before. I don't know why, but I still, you know, it's it's tough because this is a team that reminds me so much of the Clippers. Very talented, uh, talent-rich roster but they're eight out of their best 10 players are hurt. So how are you going to win games? Everyone's like, the Angels are winning, losing all these games. And I'm like, 
yeah, no, you know what? I'm not going to cuss <laughs> on, on air. But because Brandon Drury was an all-star, de facto all-star, I know he didn't make the team, but he deserved to be as an eight four point uh, eight forty OPS, you know, 14 dingers. He's been out. Their star young shortstop, Zach Neto, was instrumental. And this is when the lo- losing started, when Zach Neto got hurt and they basically had to put a free out and uh, Andrew Velasquez and David Fletcher in the lineup. No offense to those guys. Nice guys, good baseball players defensively. Basically a free out at the plate. Um, they're hurt. Matt Moore was one of the best relievers in the American League. He got hurt. They're set up, man. Now they've had to go back and forth between Jose Sor- Soriano, Sam Bachman. Ben Joyce got hurt as well, who was in that mix. Uh, uh, Rosh, there's just, I mean, the pitching's been atrocious. The hitting has not been consistent. <laughs> Trout, it's not like Trout was having an excellent year. It was the worst year of his career. I mean, it's still an 850 OPS, which is like a career year for a lot of people, but it's not having a great year. Uh, it sucks. He got injured. I was talking to my dad about this too. Like, Trout's not injured yet. I hate to say it. Like, it was this point of the year, and maybe I jinxed it, but he's always hurt. You know, yeah. he never, never avoids injury. Um, the older he's gotten, even when he's younger. And Anthony Rendon, I mean, you're, I get why he doesn't like talking to the media. He's making forty million, and he hates the criticism because he's a two thirty hitter, and he's not worth probably five million of that money at this point right now. I mean, he's just not playing good baseball. Uh, I call him double play Rendon. I, I would never say that in an article, but he grounds into a double play like 60, 70% of the time. Um, it's just a lot is going wrong. I think they're still going to buy, which is a is a mistake. They're still going to try and contend, which is a mistake. I think they need to get off of the Rendon contract and pair him with Otani and trade him somewhere because I think if you can trade Otani, you can give the Rendon contract. You may not get a ton in return since Otani is going to be a free agent. But I think they should start thinking about that. They won't do it, though. We know Artie Moreno wants Otani. He makes tons of money off of him. But I think they should at this point because I don't see him making the playoffs right now. Yeah, I mean, as you've talked about before, with Shohei Otani, you know, what what you're doing there is you're basically saying, well, we're not going to compete this year. We're, we're not going to compete. Uh, we're not going to keep this generational talent. Like, even if there's a 50-50 chance, and I really have to believe that they think it's at least 50-50. They probably think it's more than 50-50. He comes back. But if it's 50-50, you have to roll the dice. I'm sorry. You, you're clearly not going to get uh, the same in return. You're, you're getting a player that is one of one. That no one, We've never seen anyone like him. Again, we've heard the Babe Ruth comparisons, no disrespect to the big, big Bambino, but we've never seen a player like this. We've never seen a player do what Shohei Otani is doing. So if you have at least, could be greater than, but at least a 50-50 chance to keep him, you really do because you you're not going to get that back. And we've talked about the contract number that he could get, whether it starts with five or six. It'll be upwards of $500 million. I think it'll be closer to $600 plus million. The reason that that is a value, actually, to, to, to the team is the partnerships and the advertising and everything that, that comes with it. I mean, you look at the advertising at the Big A, Brandon, and you cover games there. The number of Japanese companies that have bought advertising that have connected themselves with this team is uh, astonishing. Again, it makes sense. When you trade Shohei Otani, that goes away. So tickets go away, the jersey sales, all that. But all the corporate sponsorships you have go away too. So really... 
They have to be all in. And I think that they will be. I, I, I fully expect the Angels to make a competitive offer and be right in the thick of things. Now, at some point, Shoshohe has to say, do I think I can win here? By the way, there's a proof of concept here with Mike Trout. Mike Trout hasn't won a thing. Again, he's made it to the postseason one time and got swept. Mike Trout has never won a single playoff game. That is crazy to me. So I think with Shohei, he, he doesn't really just have to look at himself and the career that he's had there. He can look at another generational talent in Mike Trout and say, do, do I really want to be here long term? Uh, so Brandon, I think they're in a very tough spot here. And here's the, when you're trading a superstar, you're never going to get the value you, you should. Again, the Paul George uh, trade was very unique. I don't think we'll, we'll see a trade like that because generally speaking, you're not going to have a player attached to that player. Again, the Clippers, uh, the reason, the way that they justify that crazy haul that Oklahoma City got for Paul George was because of Kawhi. We, in their view, we weren't going to get Kawhi unless we traded for Paul George. But okay, that's fine. But you didn't have to basically trade for both guys. I bring that up to uh, go into our next topic here. Damian Lill Lillard, we all agree that he's going to get traded. I think Portland wants to do right by him. What they're effectively saying is Miami, come to the table with a reasonable offer because the, the offer that you've presented us is garbage. And, you know, we are happy to accommodate this franchise player that's meant so much to us, that has been loyal to us, and we will try to accommodate him. But be respectful of his stature. Be respectful of this guy being one of the best players in the league and perhaps being the final piece of the puzzle for you to maybe win a title. Armani Buckets, let me bring it to you uh, first on this. When a player essentially kind of strong arms his current team and says, A, I demand a trade, B, I want to go to this team, and you know that the team wants to do right by the player, I guess the Heat are doing what most teams would do initially. Portland's saying, hey, listen, we want to play ball, but you got to give us a competitive offer. Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, the, the Tyler Hero thing, it, it's not, it's a non-starter for Portland because they have no interest in that. What's interesting now, though, with the summer league going on is that Portland can actually see these guys like Jaime Jaquez and Nikola Jovic. And it can potentially, I think, it can change the value of the trade offer. Cause if those two guys continue to play well, it's only been a one game sample size at this point, but if they continue to play well, all of a sudden, Miami has a much more competitive offer if they're willing to part with with one or both of those guys, which I would assume would be, you know, more of a headliner of a trade along with draft picks and draft swaps. Um, I, I'm very fascinated to see this summer league and how it plays out, because if let's say if Hawkes just has great game after great game after great game, it's going to change the narrative of these trade talks. People are going to say, Oh, if you throw Jaime Jaquez in there now, or Nikola Jovic, or both, now Portland's going to be enticed by that. So, And by the way, another thing about Portland that we need to think about is that they already have guards. They have Shaden Sharp, they have Anthony Simons, they have Scoot Henderson. Jaime's like a 2-3, and Jovic is like a 4. So that fits Portland's team much better, I think, than, than a hero would, too. Well, Brandon, yeah. what's like a fair... Great. Again, I mean, this is a negotiation. So your your first offer is not your last offer, clearly. 
what would you be willing to part with? Yeah, I mean, look, it's one of those things like Miami doesn't, uh, they have to send Hero elsewhere to make the money work and probably Duncan Robinson. They're probably going to have to part with a few picks, maybe even Jaime Hawkes, even though they just got him. Um, and then also in that third team, you know, whether that's the Clippers, whether because over five teams are interested per, you know, a report on Bleacher Report. Um, and Sham says that, you know, no one wants a disgruntled superstar. Like, that's important. You don't want to trade for, you know, uh, James Harden if he wants to play for the Clippers, right? You don't want to trade yeah. for Damian Lillard if he wants to play for the Heat. That's important. Um, maybe perhaps they're going to have to add in Nurkic, I think, to get off that contract. Uh, but if someone wants Nurkic, I don't think it's Miami. I would think he would go to a third team for a salary dump off of long-term contracts and then add in some more picks from that third team. But they, I'm sure they want young players, but I don't think they need anybody else. I would just offload Dame, to be honest, get off that contract because they have enough young players. Maybe get off of Simons' contract. He had a disappointing year last year after he signed that extension. I don't know for sure, but Shaden Sharp and, and Scoot Henderson are definitely a great duo to build around. What is different about the James Harden deal again? He uh, mops into the last year of his contract again, basically looked at the market out there, probably realized he wasn't going to get what he wanted, uh, clearly wants to be traded. The Clippers are in the running for him. That's a little bit of a different situation. I, I, I don't. I think the Sixers know for sure they're, they're not going to get uh, the value that you should get when you're talking about a James Harden uh, player. So Armani Buckets, well, what, what is different about that trade? I mean, and, and again, most people suspect at some point he will go to the Clippers. How do you see that playing out? <laughs> to be frank with you, I think what's different is that a lot of people don't think James Harden is very good anymore, myself included. I feel like teams look around and they say, can we win with James Harden, who is going to be 34 years old? Um, and right now, when you look at the the last postseason that we just witnessed, he had two amazing games against the Celtics, and then he had a bunch of duds. And the thing is, with those those poor games, he is really hurting your team out there. And, you know, with Harden, obviously you have to cater to his play style, and that changes the dynamic of your team. I feel like a lot of teams are just thinking to themselves, is this guy really worth it at this point? And then you have teams like the Clippers where it's like, yeah, well, what else could we do? What yeah. other direction could we pivot towards? And they're kind of stuck. So that's why <laughs> I think they make sense in that regard. But yeah, if, if I was a general manager and my team was close to, to a championship, I'm not thinking about adding a James Harden to that. I'm, I'm more so inclined to wait and let other guys kind of figure it out. Um, but yeah, I see why the Clippers are interested. I just wouldn't do it. Brandon, is this effectively a Hail Mary? Kawhi, basically, player option next year. Paul George, player option. Russell Westbrook, player option. James, like, this is sort of a one-year throw, you know what, against the fan. If it works, beautiful. If not, dude, we tried. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. They want Harden. I think he's going to be healthy in the regular season. I'll help him there. Um, and, you know, he had a couple big games in the playoffs, which was surprising for him because he's usually a playoff choker. What I will say is I think I don't think any other teams will give the same value um, contract wise that the Clippers would give to Kawhi and George just because they want them there when they 
open the new stadium, right? So whether it's a two, three-year deal, I think it'll be maxes, even though they don't deserve it really anymore because they can't stay healthy. Um, I, I, you know, I, I think this is a Clippers team that could win 55 games, but I think they'll choke in the playoffs. They can't, they can't stay healthy. Either way, doesn't matter what you do. They're like the Angels. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the problem there, is that we can kind of look at this team on paper, and again, I think the majority of people who are going to look at that team picture that they take before the start of training camp, and let's just say things play out the way that, that, that we look like they could, and you got this team picture of Kawhi, and Paul George, and Russell Westbrook, and James Harden, and it's like, oh my gosh, look at this team. No one's going to pick this team to win the championship. No one's probably going to pick this team to go to the conference finals. It'll be fun to watch. It could be a train wreck. And if it is a train wreck, that train wreck will be very, uh, when I say fun to watch, I, there's going to be a lot of drama around that team. But I think if you're the Clippers, right, you have this expectation, as Brandon mentioned, and as we've seen play out, Kawhi's not going to be healthy. Paul George is not going to be healthy. James Harden, maybe like, Generally speaking, you, you you have these four stars, but probably you're only gonna have two play at the same time if 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 they if they play as much as they have been. And again, Kawhi's gonna be out, Paul George's gonna be out. We know that. So we'll see how it all plays out. All right. Let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Grant Mona of the Sporting Tribune. When we come back right here on the Mightier 1090s of the California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Join our good friend from the Sporting Tribune, Grant Mona. Grant, how are you? Very good. Very good. The bullpen is not very good for the Dodgers, as you can see from yesterday's game. But, uh, yeah, we move. We move on. It's almost the all-star break. I think the Dodgers need it more than anybody. So No. Well, I'll, yeah. tell you, I'll tell you who needs the all-star break more than the Dodgers. By the way, the Dodgers' Twitter is like, oh, why are we always injured? Uh, try being the Angels. Like I said in the first segment, eight out of their ten best players are hurt. So, <laughs> yeah, no comment, no comment. We'll get into both teams. Let's get into the Dodgers first, Grant. You do a great job with the, with the, the uh, takeaways, and I'm watching that game last night. I'm thinking two things, of course. A, the bullpen is a dumpster fire, and you look at Brett Phillips on the mound, and, and you just kind of know what's going to happen. I do also want you to – and again, I'm not the guy who normally comes after the home plate umpire – but my goodness, uh, just uh, we got to figure out the strike zone to a certain degree. Uh, I, I think that game may have been lost, but uh, you hate to see basically that was the focal point, at least for a lot of Dodger fans. First, the bullpen, then, you know, I, I think they got uh, kind of screwed there on that last at bat. But first, you've touched on it all season, Graham. This bullpen is a disaster. 
Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate because you send your best reliever to the mound, and he's been pretty good recently. I mean, I thought that Evan Phillips was a an all star candidate, honestly. And Evan you know, you you feel confident, right? You feel confident in going into that ninth with the lead, especially after you know Johnny DeLuca played played hero. You know, he, he had that heroic home run in the bottom of the eighth to get the crowd back into it. it. You know, things were dormant for for four innings or so, and then your best reliever now gives up three runs and, and implodes in, in the ninth. And I just think that it's kind of a microcosm of of what this Dodgers bullpen has been. I mean, even some of the guys that you would expect to be elite and lockdown, like Bruce Dargratterall, Evan Phillips, and now Daniel Hudson, you know, they've had some slip-ups. Bruce Dargratterall has had some slip-ups earlier in the season. He's gotten better as of late. Evan Phillips, I had all the confidence in the world that the Dodgers were going to get the win last night. And then three runs by the Pirates, who the Pirates looked like the Pirates that we saw in the beginning of the year, where they were just mashing, they had energy, um, they had young talent, and they still do, but they've been in a pretty bad stretch. And I think that's what's the most concerning in terms of what's going on with the Dodgers, is that they're losing some of these games to bad teams. They just lost two out of three to the Kansas City Royals, who are the worst team in the league. Um, they lost you know, one last night to a Pirates team that was slumping coming in. I know the Dodgers won the first game. But this second game, this is a game that you have. These are series that you have to win convincingly if you want to be in contention, if you want to be up there with with the best of the best. And the Diamondbacks are losing themselves and the Dodgers can't gain any ground. Yes, you know, Dodger fans are going to be like, well, Grant, you know, there's still 10 games over 500. Yes. But if you look at the process, right, what are they what are they trying to do? They're still trying to compete. They're still trying to be one of the top teams in the league. I know it may not look like that right now, but they're still trying to do that. And this team has no consistency. I, I, <laughs> I'm going to say this. I point it back to kind of like the Clippers. It's like this team is is is. On paper, you can say, yeah, they're pretty good. Like they have good talent. You, they, you know, even with all the young talent, but they just can't put it together. The, 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 I mean, yes, Brandon's going to say the Angels are like the Clippers. The Clippers are like the Angels. I understand that, but the process—you think that you can get to that higher level, but you just don't have it consistently, night in and night out. That's kind of what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to say the roster or whatever. I'm trying to say the process. You're trying to get to this level. And just consistently, they find ways to falter. And it, it's mainly on the bullpen, not just the bullpen, the, the starting staff as well. Tony Gonsolin has not been good. Emmett Sheehan wasn't good last night. That's an issue as well. The offense is kind of doing their thing. James Altman had two bombs last night. Freddie Freeman still hitting 318. Mookie Betts is on a tear. The offense is actually pretty good. The bullpen's just letting them down in a lot of these games against bad teams, which is really concerning. Yeah, Brandon, uh, I, we, we talked to him in the uh, first segment. Mike Trout goes down. Philly Otani gets pulled, blister. Um, Anthony Rendon, but, you know, he's just, he's not really done too much. But, I mean, that is a team, unfortunately, Grant, and you know this well, on paper, one of the best teams on paper. However, if 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 you're not healthy, if you're constantly hurt, um, it's that's the problem. So, Grant, what 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 can you say? Mike Trout's out. Shohei Otani is out. At least won't pitch in the All Star game. And Anthony Rendon is out. What the hell? What the heck do you make of this team? 
I don't know what to make of this team. And, you know, I just said that the Dodgers are like the Clippers. The Angels are more like the Clippers, where it's like this this excellent team on paper. And, you know, Brandon's just listening to this in the chat. All these guys that are out that are such important parts. Matt Moore was looking like a reclamation project. Gio Urshela was hitting over 300 and looking like one of the best signings of the offseason. Brandon Drury's been out, and he was pretty good. He was almost an all-star candidate. You know, you have all these guys, you know, Zach Neto and, and, and Ohapi, all these guys that are just so good for this Angels team and that were good for that stretch where they were, where they won 11 of 14. They took three of four from Texas. I mean, they looked like one of the best teams in the AL. Now you, you kind of fall back to earth and, you know, you lose to the Diamondbacks in a few of these games where you could have won them. You know, some of these bullpen arms like Chris Davinsky, he hasn't looked as good as he was. Um, you know, Sam Bachman has kind of faltered a little bit. He's still one of their best relievers. You know, Estevez is, is still really good. So you have that. And then Mike Trout gets hurt. And it's it's a freak injury, right? It's it's much like the Clippers, what you saw with Paul George, where everything's clicking, you know, things are getting right, and then just this freak injury happens, and it kind of derails the energy, it derails the way you play. And now Shoei Otani's not going to get the same pitches anymore because now you just have to focus on him. That's what a, what a lot of people aren't taking into, into account is that now Shohei Otani, without that support of Mike Trout in that lineup, he's going to be keyholed a lot, and he's going to get a lot of stuff directed at him and just to him because he is now the main guy in that lineup i know he was before but now it's just more and more important um he looks frustrated this is the most frustrated i've seen Shohei otani i I know there's a clip circulating on on social media of him throwing his helmet into the into the cubby and slamming his bat down and phil nevin with that look it's like oh oh here we go the angels you can say it's a mess right brandon's gonna come on here and he's gonna say it's a mess you know the train's derailing they're still over 500. And if you, if I were to tell Angel fans at this point, you're over 500, even over 500. I know that they have a lot of expectations. And Brandon, look, I know what he's going to say. He's going to say, yeah, but this team on paper, like, they have so much you know, power and they have so much talent. If you, t- if I told you they're still in contention for a wild card spot, they're still, look, they're only what, six, seven games out of first because the Rangers are faltering too. The Rangers have not been playing good ball. So that's good for the Angels. They're not completely out of it. I understand that Brandon probably wants to trade Otani and just go full rebuild. Let's slow it down a little bit because his injury is not serious. Look, the three to four games back of the wild card, that's not terrible. I've seen the Phillies were horrible at this point, and they made the World Series. I mean, let's calm down a little bit, Brandon. I know you're going to go off right now, but let's calm down a little bit. Look, I, I noted this yesterday. You'd be surprised. Uh, I'm very impatient as a person, but <laughs> I, I stressed yesterday that this, this, there's still so much of the season to go, Grant. You hit it right on the money. I'll agree with you first. I think at this point, like personally, I would trade Otani to get off of the Rendon contract. So long term, I'm thinking ahead because I don't think Otani's going to resign. However, then you risk like, okay he could resign if they make the playoffs, right? They're going to be buyers. What I'm saying, I'm not the GM. I'm not Artie Moreno. I'm not Perry Minashian. I'm not Alex Tamman. I'm not anybody in that front office, right? So I have no say. They're going to be buyers. Now, I expect right now, Minashian's on the phone with the Cardinals about Paul Goldschmidt. He's on the phone with the White Sox about Dylan Seas. And, but the thing is, you can't trade Adele anymore because you need him, right? Mike Trout's <laughs> out and Adele was... And by the way, Grant hates Adele, but like I, I, I love. I he came in and hit a triple yesterday. It's better than Taylor Ward, better than Hunter Renfro, who was his hitting one sixty with runners in scoring position. 
and he can actually play baseball and he needs time. He was the number one prospect in all baseball for a reason. Okay. And he's a nice guy. I've met him obviously in the clubhouse. I, I like him. I think he carries himself the way a superstar carries himself. I think that's important. He knows he's the, the crap. If you want to say, I can't cuss. I think he's been he's now matured and humbled because he was in AAA for too long. So I think he's going to be good. But Grant, I'll have to say this. They were seven games over the last time I covered it a week ago. This time last week, they were seven games over 500. Okay? They're two games over. Now, the only way they have to enter the break on a three-game win streak. They have to find a way to win tonight in San Diego and sweep the Dodgers like they did. And I think they could actually sweep the Dodgers because a lot of what times what happens is the team entering the series that's favored loses both. It, it happens in that series like all the time. Like the Angels, I think it was last year, didn't they beat the Dodgers two out of yeah, three or whatever? Did. Yeah, because and they weren't even favored. So I, I they need to go on a run and get to four or five games over 500 entering the break. And then right out of the break, they need to be, you know, on a run. And it can happen. The Rangers don't have pitching, so it can happen. But, uh, you know, I agree with you, Grant. Like, there's a lot of time for them to turn into a World Series champion. But we were acting like they were a playoff team when they were 41 and 32. And then you have to realize, look what happened two weeks later. They lose 10 out of 13, you know, 11 out of 14. They just have to stop the skid. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys about the division leaders, uh, Texas and Arizona. And how legitimate you guys thought that they are? Oh, yeah, I, man. <laughs> I think I, wanna, I'm going to speak go on Arizona. First, I'll speak on Arizona because it's in the Dodgers division. Arizona was a team that I thought would be a, a surprise, you know, maybe a wild card, this and that. They have far exceeded my expectations up to this point. I mean, they have a bona fide superstar in Corbin Carroll, who's a speedy guy. He can hit for power now, which I didn't really see his power numbers being as good as they are now. Um, he's going to be starting in the AL in the NL All Star game in left field. Um, they have guys like McCarthy. They have you know veterans like Nick Ahmed. Um, their pitching staff with Zach Gallen. I mean, he's he was a Cy Young candidate. He's been he hasn't been up to that level yet. But I think that the Diamondbacks have enough to sustain this. I mean, they have a bunch of young talent. Um, they have guys that you know. If you look up and down their lineup, they have guys that can hit 270 plus. So you have guys that can put the ball on the ground. You have guys that can hit for power. They made some great offseason additions with Gurriel. Um, so I think that the Diamondbacks are very formidable. This team is not going away. Even if they slip a little bit, I don't think they're going away at all because they have too much talent. A major injury may, may cause that, but I think they have too much talent to just go away in this division. And I'll agree. I think Arizona is going to win the division. I, San Francisco just doesn't have enough talent. They play really great fundamental baseball. They have guys stepping up. They play, they honestly play baseball the way it's supposed to be played very fundamentally. They're guys stepping up, good clubhouse. Kapler's an excellent manager. I've always liked him. Um, someone, you know, instills discipline and faith in his guys at all times. It's super important. Um, and he's very smart, by the way. Uh, I think they're going to be good. They're going to be a wild card team. The Giants, probably them or the Dodgers. I don't see the thing is like as I think both all three could make it, but I think Arizona is the clear cut division winner because Carroll, what he does is like a young Mike Trout. He hits line drive home runs. Trout now won't. I mean, it's sad because Trout was shortening his swing, actually hitting like Corbin Carroll like line drives before he got hurt. He was turning his season around. But the Diamondbacks have Carroll, who's a superstar. Marte, who's great. Lourdes Gurriel is great. Christian Walker, who's great. 
Um, and by the way, don't count out. I know it's early, but don't count out a Jordan Lawler September call. Up. <laughs> I know he's tw- I know he's twenty years old. He's only in single A or A plus. But if they put him in double A in like August and then he does well, don't count it out because they need all the chips to go all in. I expect them to get more pitching by the deadline. Faithen's been one of the best relievers in the league. I think this Gallon's been he's going to win the Cy Young probably. Um, so I mean, this is a team that's really dangerous. And by the way, this is a year we could see them in the World Series. If it's not the Braves, the Braves are getting hot now. Bad time to get hot. The time to get hot is September. <laughs> you're right. You're right. And and let me just speak quickly on the Rangers because they have had a season that I didn't expect them to have either. I thought they would be good, not this great. They've had a couple of falters as of late. Corey Seager. When he came back from his injury, I mean, he's been sensational. He's hitting like 350 with a four something on base percentage. He looks all all of what they've paid him. I mean, him and Marcus Semyon up the middle are probably the best up the middle combo in the league. They they are excellent up the middle. Their starting staff has overperformed in my opinion, and their bullpen is kind of showing its colors right now because they're not performing up to the level I thought. They just got a Roldis Chapman, which is a big get for their bullpen. He's going to be really good for them. He's he's still throwing 102. So any anytime you get a guy that's throwing over 100, it's really good in the back of your bullpen. Their lineup is stacked. I think they'll be just fine. I now if they win the division, I don't know because you still have the Astros who are getting it together right now. They're probably going to get it together after the All-Star break too. They're a team that you can't sleep on, but for the Rangers, they're very formidable. And and for me, it's it's the Rangers and the Rays for sure in, in, up up there at the top. I mean, the Rays obviously have the best record in the league. The you know, they're far and away one of the best pitching staffs and offenses, but the Rangers are right up there with them and I think that they're going to be up there for the for the rest of the year. And something I want to add about the Rays, not the Rangers. I do think the Rangers choke at some point. I think Houston will win the division. Maybe I'm wrong, um, but they'll probably still be a wild card. There's a chance that the Angels go on a run that all three of those teams could be wild cards because I still have no faith in the Yankees, but I don't know how they keep winning games. The Blue Jays have the worst manager <laughs> in baseball, so I don't know about that. I know the Orioles and Rays are legit. Something about the Rays. Curtis Mead just came back to AAA, and he is killing the baseball. It's in 700 over his past five games. If you come in and you, I mean, he'll be up at least by September. I think he should be up now and replace Brandon Lau. Um, I think Mead's the truth. I think he's a star to superstar type talent. Uh, and his hit tools like close to 70. You add that guy, Junior Comanero could come up in September. Man, this is a team that could win the World Series. I truly believe it. Grant, uh, Brandon mentioned your name in the first segment, so we have to allow you to, to defend yourself. Chet Holmgren looks like he put on some weight. Looks like he, uh, you know, maybe be picking up where he left off as the second overall pick. I think we all agreed that Oklahoma City could be sort of that team that goes on some kind of a run here, maybe makes it to the postseason. Uh, listen, Grant, do you still think Chet will be a bust as a number two pick in the draft? I think we got to temper our expectations a little bit just because, look, this guy's coming off a very major injury. This is not an injury that's just, oh, you know, he, he sprained a ligament in his, his leg. No, he, got, he had a broken foot, and a very big part of his of, of big men, and especially at his size, is your feet. Kevin Durant had this issue, and he was kind of fine the rest of his career. Joel Embiid did. But at the frame that Chet Holmgren is, this injury could be debilitating. I'm not saying it is yet because he looked okay. He looks very rusty. I think that's the thing that I saw. I'm not going to dub him a bust because, look, I told you, you know, a lot of these guys are so young. Zion's still young. Chet's still young. But right now, I I just think that he's going to get bullied. I I really do. With the play style that he was playing with and that he wants to play play with, 
I think he's going to get bullied down low. And defensively, he looks really good. That's just because he's long, right? He still has the ability to play perimeter. He's an excellent shooter. He can put the ball in the deck. But it, you know, if OKC uses him kind of like a traditional center, which I hope they do not, because all the talk has been about, oh, well, they finally got their center. They finally got a, a good center, a rim-blocking center. Don't use him like that. Use him as like a power forward, kind of like we saw Anthony Davis used in that 2020 team. Use him as kind of like that guy where he can put the ball on the ground. He can show off his handles. He can shoot from the outside. Don't use him as a traditional center and just put him on the block and, and, and in the paint all the time. That's always that's what I saw in the summer league. Maybe they're just trying stuff out. I know it's been one game, but I saw a lot of rust. I saw a lot of guys going at him. I feel like everyone is trying to dunk on Chet Holmgren for some reason. Everyone's trying to poster him. Um, he had a, a lot of good blocks, and he had four or five blocks, which is good. But I just think that he's going to get bullied down low if they just keep him down there. He's a great perimeter player. He can still shoot, put the ball in the deck. But I just think that if they use him as a traditional center, I don't think it's going to bode well for him, at least this year, in my opinion. I could not be more excited about Chet Holmgren than I am right now. <laughs> I mean, you're right, Grant. The, uh, I think it was Ochai Akbaji tried to challenge him multiple times at the rim. And Chet, with these two-handed those kinds of blocks that he he makes with with the volleyball spike with two hands it's 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 one of those things um i don't know if it, it's not fair to compare it to a steph curry 3 that hits you right in the heart but it's one of those things that can just change the energy in the entire building assuming you know your team is good and then all of a sudden boom chet with a big block and let's say then he'll grab the rebound and push it the other way i understand the rust stuff but also, he had some really nice offensive moves um, in that first summer league game. Yes, he could get injured. Yes, he could get bullied. But the thing is, this kid is an alpha. And every time somebody tries to go at him or bully him, he comes back down and he says, watch this. And I really think he's the missing piece for Oklahoma City to get them over the top. I was skeptical about the Thunder this season, but with, with the way that I think Chet is going to fit in, assuming health, I believe in them this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think what what we're looking at is teams can make that jump very quickly, depending on who comes in, young players develop. Again, nobody thought the Kings were going to make the jump that they did. I mean, like, even if you thought that they, they were going to be improved and maybe make it to the play-in, maybe even make it to the playoffs, I don't think anyone had them as a top-four seed home court advantage in the first round. So. Maybe, just maybe, the Thunder may be that team that makes that big leap. Again, with Sam Presti having all these first-round picks, they are very much positioned for success long-term and in the future. Grant, you're the best. We'll have you back on shortly. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markanzi saying stay safe stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.